you're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. you turkey lovers happy thanksgiving to everybody as we're here on black friday enjoying our holiday and enjoying real the real kickoff to christmas and not you know the day after halloween where christmas has allegedly started in every department store but that's a another story for another time uh maybe five minutes from now uh Live on Four Legs Podcast, you're listening to it, and it's Randy Sobel here with Matt Helbig. Hey, what's up? Howdy. How was your uh, Thanksgiving there, buddy? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, can't complain, you know. Go to the old families? To the family thing, to the turkey thing, to the pumpkin pie thing, all that all that stuff. I um, Our Thanksgiving this year was very unconventional. We usually, the last, I mean, like since everybody's had kids... Uh, we've had about 25 to 30 of us and we used to do it in my, well, going back, we always did it in my grandma's house. And then, uh, you know, once my grandma wasn't feeling well, uh, we started doing it at our house and our house could not fit that many people. And so the last like two or three years, we started going out to eat, which was insane when you have six kids that are running around one big, massive table and, uh, yeah, so this year, unfortunately, we, we didn't have all of the people. My brother and his family couldn't make it. My cousin Adam couldn't make it. and uh, His sister and her family couldn't make it. And their father couldn't make it, my uncle. Uh, so there's really, it's like me and my parents and Jillian and uh, my uncle and aunt and cousins on that side. And it's about like 13 of us, I would say only two kids. And, um, we went to tellers for Thanksgiving. Hey, you know, it's a traditional Thanksgiving. There there you go. But of course it's nice to see all the family and to have everyone together, but sometimes it's also nice to switch it up. Maybe do something a little bit more low key and, and relax a little bit, a little less stressful. Yes, especially for Gordy, who is still recovering from surgery. Yeah, so, Randy's pup had some surgery. Yeah, he's doing good, though. He's sleep. Well, maybe he's not sleeping right now. His ears are up at attention. But My dog know. is uh, on my lap, completely knocked out right now. Ah, go Gambit. Go boy. He's tuckered out from, you know, the incredibly high-demanding job he has of being a small pupperino. Who sometimes likes to 
to do his business in the house while we're doing podcasts. Yeah, he gets a little fussy when we're not paying attention to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. I think that's been uh, documented on this show before. I, I think it has, yes. For, for those of you who don't know Tellers, because why would you? I think like three people from, you know, Islip or Long Island would be listening at this moment. But um, Tellers is an extreme, it's, it's like four four dollar signs on yelp that's how like fancy and expensive it is and it's a steakhouse so we went to a steakhouse on thanksgiving you've been there before right oh yeah a couple times yeah uh you know i don't want to make it sound like we are super elite and oh we are not and big spenders but yeah we've been there and uh i will say it's some of the stuff there is definitely worth the money it's pretty delicious it's the kind of it's the kind of restaurant uh, when I showed Jillian a, and she didn't know what it was, but you know we passed by it a billion times. I had, I had said to her like go on the website, and she came back and it was an all caps text. Holy shit! They don't even have the prices on the website. That's how good you know it is. Exactly. Yeah, the fillet is amazing. So if yes. you're in the Islip area and you have some money to spend or you just want to go to a really nice bar uh hop into tellers this is a yeah. tell- i never thought we'd do a tellers plug on this podcast randy but anything could happen on on the live on four legs podcast you know you know how many references we've made up until this point you know how many things we've talked about that absolutely have no correlation to pearl jam at all this this might be one of the one of the things furthest away so i'm yeah i'm happy we were able to get there though yeah um Speaking of like Islip and Pearl Jam, I just want to mention this real quick. I was uh, another plug for another place. I, I will tell the guy that uh, he's in Farmingdale and he owns a restaurant called Ch- Chitty's Cheesesteak. Yeah, Chitty's. They're super famous around here. You've never heard of Chitty's? Oh, okay. No, oh, never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got a food truck. Uh, they're, oh. they're, they're big time here. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. He's well, that's his I guess the Farmingdale is his place. I don't know if the whole thing is his place, but he said uh, he he had posted something on one of the Facebook groups and it was the hot dog poster from Chicago. Right. And he's like, this is this is up in my restaurant. So I I replied and I said, oh, I'm from Islip. Uh, you know, I I come back occasionally. I should I should definitely drop by. Somebody else responds and they're like, oh, I grew up in Islip, too. I'm like, okay, cool. Where'd where'd you grow up? They're like, Wavecrest Drive. No way. No, 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 no. You're you're shitting me. And so your neighbor. <laughs> so I never grew up with her. Okay. Uh, but my brother kind of did. Oh, that's they hilarious. moved. Yeah, they moved away. I guess you know, uh, a year or two after I was born or something like that. But uh, I started talking to her more, and she remembers my mom and uh her sister used to work at uh my parents store and what a small freaking world that you know two people from the same block who had never met before are in the same pearl jam group on facebook and it all comes together from a hot dog tour poster yep exactly so (laughs) you know just uh you never know who you're gonna find you never know who who you're gonna talk to so her name is I think Sandy, Sandy Schwartz. Hey, Sandy. Yes. Yeah. Sandy. Who know? You know, Randy. Who knows? This podcast might bring together uh, a, a a poor son or daughter looking for their long lost parents. We we might Aww. might make some dreams come true on this podcast. Hey, um, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. 
So the holidays are coming up. Miracles, miracles happen. Well, we're trying to make some miracles. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Including uh, today, trying to get through this one might be a miracle, but um, you know, this is a different one for us. Yeah, yeah, you you can't you can't always do the top of the cream of the crop shows, and I think I think it's good that sometimes we do we have a variety uh, that we can cover because then we can go back and say at a really good show, like why this worked and why stuff on a not so great show didn't work. And I, I don't, I haven't decided if this is a not so great or just okay show yet. I think once we get to talking about it, I'll, I'll figure it out. But, um, definitely. Yeah. So today's episode is the only time they ever performed on Thanksgiving day. And of course it was not in the United States of America. It was in Mexico city. At Foro Soul Stadium. That looks like a really cool stadium. Uh, cool it st- is. It looks like a cool stadium for fans that really get into the music, as as we saw in some of the clips. And it's huge, too. I and think it's it gigantic. Like... It looks like a big soccer stadium. Is it? it Maybe it is. I, I'm pretty sure it is. It has to be. I just said that, and then I realized how stupid that sounded, because I didn't look it up, and I might have just looked like a total idiot. So, I, I looked it up. Okay, so it's the second largest stadium in Mexico, Okay, and it holds 65,000. Yeah, it looked massive, and the the crowd was, like I said, it looks like a it looks like a good stadium to go if you're a really ener- energetic crowd and you really want to listen to the music. Whenever they go to a place like Mexico City, where it's kind of, um, it's not usually on the radar. It's not, you know, it's every now and again that they show up there. Uh, the fans come out in droves. Why? Why this show might have been packed with not just fans from Mexico, but fans from America too, is because uh, 2011, uh, the only American shows were the PJ 20 shows. Yeah, that's right. And after PJ 20, they did Canada. They did like about eight or nine dates in Canada, uh, including some really, really good shows in Toronto, which I'm sure have to be on our radar at some point. Sure. I wouldn't mind going up to Canada for a, for an episode. We, yeah, I think that's got to be, you know, we're going to do Australia next week. Yep. Um, I I think we have to to kind of go around the world a little bit. Maybe, hmm, maybe we have like a time where we do like an Epcot series where we do like all of drinking around the world kind of yeah. thing. And we have to, we have to drink beer from the region as we record the podcast. We'll oh, see how that turns yeah. out. <laughs> Labatt, give me some Labatt Blue. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, so maybe we'll do that. That That's a good idea. Totally. Um, it might, it might make for some very interesting, uh, uh, episodes too. Drinking while, while doing the podcast. A lot of podcasts do that though. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll do a theme. Some maybe, of them promote that way. They, that's, that's true. That's uh, so we're not trying to step on anyone's toes. This'll be, <laughs> this'll be just season specific for us. Don't no, worry. It'll be a one-time thing. Cause beer is so original, Matt so original we, we got to keep it original we're gonna drink beer yeah um anyway uh we have to do if we do that we have to do one of the japan shows they did shows in japan is it sapporo i i, I think so i'll drink some sapporo yeah get some sushi I, I, you know what i'll get some sushi with it too Screw that's it. a good idea that's yeah. a good idea we'll do festive stuff okay. you know well next time we, we we do a french show we'll do 
escargot and uh, French bread and have Aurelian on the show. Perfect. Shout out to Aurelian. He, he emails us every week. He's the best. He is he's the, the best. Man. Yep. Even if I, I can't find time to email him back, he, you know, he's like, don't even respond. I just want to let you know how great everything's been. Can't complain Thank there. You. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, uh, we love when people, you know, give us feedback and everything like that. And he's, uh, he's been there from the start. He's a rock star when it comes to being one of our street team members and, and all that. Um, all right, before we dig a little more into Mexico, why don't we shill a little bit? Um, we revealed this past week that uh, we were our store for Christmas gear is open, and it still is open, and you have until Cyber Monday to get your Christmas sweater. So that's uh, what that's like three more days, right? Yes, yes it is, and if we're nice enough, maybe we'll open it an extra day until Tuesday. Let's see what happens, but we're promising that it's going to get to you well before Christmas. Um, you know, again, you if you've been listening, if you've been uh, if you've been seeing the Facebook page, if you haven't, please please follow us on all of our social media pages, and you'll be up to date with uh, just stuff like this and merch updates and. Um, you know, episodes, upcoming episodes, and some media that that we share, all all sorts of stuff. So if if you're not on that, get on it, and you know, I, it, it'll it'll be worth your while. Uh, so you've seen the picture before. It's Santa. He's holding a list, and it has all of Eddie's wish list items on it. I think it's a really clever item. Um, it somebody some jerk insulted it, and I was very mad. You can't please everybody, you know? It's just how it no. is. He was like, it's not Pearl Jammy enough. It's too subtle. Okay, well. Like I said to you earlier, we'll we'll put a bunch of stick men on some shirts, and then when we get a lawsuit, we'll charge the people that wanted those shirts to cover mm-hmm. our legal fees. Yeah. Yeah, that's not something I'm really into right now. It's but... just not original enough. We want to keep this no. original. People loved the State of Love and Trust shirts, and I was very... I was very proud of them, and, um, you know, I'm proud of this one, too. I don't care what other people have to say, you know, and I, 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 all the proceeds are going to a really good cause. They're going to a toy drive for the Boston Children's Hospital, and um, we're really, really proud to do something for the holiday, and, you know, we've mentioned this from the beginning, that all of the money that we're, we're making from this, we're going to pull it all together. And we are going to go on this massive toy run where we're going to do a live video, shoot it at Target probably, and uh, you tune in live and you'll be able to see us pick out the toys. I, I think it's just such a an awesome, unique idea. You, you can help us pick out the toys too, you know. We'll, uh, we'll do everything together. I think it's going to be a really, really, really cool idea. So, you know, that... That's what this is going towards, too. It's going towards a good cause, and you get an ugly Pearl Jam sweater out of it as well. It's $15. It's ugly Christmas sweaters go for about 30 to 40 bucks. This is a steal, and it's Pearl Jam. It's supporting the podcast. It's supporting children. You know, anything you guys can do to help would be just appreciated, greatly appreciated, and, you know, we, we just... You know, we want 
we want you guys to be happy. We want you to have uh, something that looks good. And, you know, we worked really hard on it. So. And you're not helping us. You're helping the kids. Well, you help exactly. us a little bit. You get the word out, I guess, a little bit. But you that's, know, not, that, that's uh, not as that's not as concerning to us as as being able to uh, do this donation. I think that's more important. Of course, yeah. The, the, you know, this is something when we first started the podcast, we said like, how how are we going to find a way to give back? And uh, this is this is definitely what we had in mind from the start. We'll keep doing stuff. We're not gonna we're not gonna do a store every month, but we'll keep doing stuff from time to time again. But this one this one is special, and this one is really going to a good cause. So for anybody that wants to chip in and uh, and purchase one of the sweaters, go to lo4lnovstore.itemorder.com, and you'll see if you go on the page too. If you if you can't remember that, go on the page. I'm sure you'll see some links some places. Uh, just help us out, help the kids out, you know, get something cool, and, uh, you know, we'll be greatly appreciative of it. I, everybody that, that purchased from our last store, I wrote them a personalized note thanking them for being dedicated to the podcast and helping us out, and, um, you know, we're we're really grateful that we're doing this and that, you know, this has got on on the right foot and we're 12 episodes in. And not wanting to to stop this yet, you know. So this yeah, is as, as long as you guys keep listening, we'll keep we'll keep talking. <laughs> yep, yep. That's that's the whole thing. So, um, and hell, if you don't, you know, if you if you don't want a sweater per se, if you don't want to, you know, there's still uh, the ringer shirts and the the V necks that are up in the store as well. Um, we still have Patreon. If you want to donate to Patreon, please feel free. Uh, anywhere from five to forty to twenty, what, however much that you want, however little that you want, everything is greatly appreciated, uh, and we'll give back. And also, Randy, I think we should mention that the uh, prizes and stuff that we have up there for the campaign now that is coming to an end. So those will be going out yes. soon, and uh, we're going to be starting something different, which is we're going to be basically asking for a five dollar a month donation we're not going to kill you with 20 40 50 dollars that's a little ridiculous it's just a little bit to trickle in every month if you guys could donate every month just for us to kind of keep this going cover some costs for merchandise and we're still going to be giving back and we'll have we'll have gifts and stuff for for uh people that donate uh we just thought that that might be a, uh, i don't know maybe a more efficient way to do it instead of setting goals every couple months which can get a little confusing yeah, it's it's a little tough as it is, and um, you know since we'll have some uh, we'll have some merch left over from the campaign. I think if if um, if you buy if you purchase one of the Christmas sweaters, we'll throw in something from the Home Away shows, like a little sticker or pin or something like that. We'll do that. Well, the supplies last because we do have um, people that donated. We have to send out the bundles too. Uh, don't worry, you're all marked down. We know we know where they're going. Um, and then uh, we we will have a few items left. So, yeah, maybe we could start start throwing in some really special items into our that's... store purchases. I think that would be a nice little surprise there. Sure, sure. You never know what you're gonna get. Right. The holidays are coming up. We could be generous too. We could give we can give some gifts back. I completely agree. And we have we have lots of gifts uh, that we have ideas for. We're gonna have a, a special Patreon 
episode for everybody that's donated to Patreon. Um, so, you know, no matter how much or little that you've donated to Patreon, we're going to put something up specifically for that. It's going to be about a half hour to 45 minute episode. Uh, we aren't going to reveal what it is until it's out. Uh, so if that's something that, you know, that entices you and you want to, uh, spot us $5, that's, you know, we're, that's part, that's part of, uh, the Patreon deal. So, you know, that's any little, any amount. Yeah. And once you donate, once you're in as a, as a patron on Patreon, all of that content will be exclusive to you. You don't have to keep giving us money. I believe once you do it once, you're going to get access to all that good stuff that's going to be for the Patreon website, uh, exclusive stuff. So there's going to be, like Randy said, we're going to try to do some small little episodes. There's going to be cool exclusive stuff on Patreon, probably mostly just mini episodes we were thinking about, you know, stuff like that. But we're going to think of some other cool stuff to put on there, and we're going to get rolling on that uh, as soon as this campaign ends. Yep, and we also we have a public Christmas gift for all of our fans too, which will be... Uh revealing pretty close to the holidays so we're still working on it and uh i love the idea it's uh it's gonna be awesome so again l4l nov store dot item order dot com to grab your uh your ugly christmas sweater and donate to boston children's hospital foundation uh for a toy drive and uh patreon if if you want to just donate to the podcast and get some exclusive content all right Let's, uh, let's go down to Mexico City. You boys like Mexico! Yeah! Like we said before, Foro Sol Stadium. Do you know what Foro means? I know Sol is sun. Excuse me if I sound like such a gringo during this show. I'm, I'm the, I'm the kind of guy that, like, I'm, I'm not the guy that says a jalapeno pepper or, Jalapeno uh, puppers. Yeah, right. I, I'm not that kind of guy, but I'm I'm adjacent to that kind of guy. I'm 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 pretty white and bland. I had to look it up really quick, and it's actually pretty cool. It looks like the um, translation of Foro is Forum, so I guess it would be Sun Forum. Sun Forum. Okay. Cool. It's such a this big, wide open. Yeah. Venue. Yeah. I like that. It's beautiful. I like that a lot too. Yeah. Good, good going on, you Mexico. Yeah. Uh, like I said, last show of 2011, right on Thanksgiving Day, uh, in a year that was dominated by PJ20 News and a Canadian tour, finishing up with a South slash Latin America tour. Uh, this, I believe, was their sixth time ever playing in Mexico City. Uh, I'm not sure about Mexico as a country overall, but, um, this was, I believe this was the first time at Foro Sol. Uh, and they played again there at, in 2015. Um, two notable things about this show. Well, one of them I already said. They played on Thanksgiving. So that's notable. That's the only time that they did that. A couple of times on Black Friday and we were considering those episodes and we just thought, you know, this is, this is good here. It's Thanksgiving, you know, let's do, do a Thanksgiving episode. The second thing, which is most important, which will be mentioned a hundred times throughout this, is that this show is infamous for not having any bootlegs. Yeah, if you guys want to listen to it, you got to listen to the YouTube, which is not great, unfortunately. But we're going to try to scrape together some some audio, I think, right? 
Yeah, it won't be as much as usual, but uh, it'll be there. Yeah, you start to assume getting getting into years like 2011, 12, 13, blah, 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 blah. Everything would be available. I guess you kind of assume everything's available. But you know yeah. what? We live and learn, and and you guys are living and learning with us through this podcast. So Exactly. We're going to have stuff for you. We're, we're gonna, we try. You know what? No matter what happens, we're, we're going to try every time. And not only that, but we, we thank you guys for chiming in and, and letting us know the things that we don't know because that's how we found out. And not so. only that, but you know, people will hook us up with bootlegs or the yes. stories like that. So again, the listeners kicking ass like always. You guys always kick ass. Yes, that's uh, uh, Jason Corbin especially. Right, yep. Who's been awesome with just providing so much stuff. I, I, we really have to go through that big list that he sent us and mm. just check it out and, and and see what we can do with it. Totally. So, um, Now, what's interesting about that I looked into the show beforehand and I couldn't find anything else. There was a blog, X was the opener, and there was a blog on X's website or something like that that I had found in my early research of the show. And I don't know if it was a band member of X, I don't know if it's a crew member, but really briefly in one sentence, they said, you can feel the rumblings of an earthquake while on stage. Ooh. Yeah. And I actually... I had somebody uh, that I reached out to um, who who was a good source for that, and he said he would talk to somebody, you know, uh, related to the band, and um, it didn't quite work out. So maybe that story will come next week if uh, we're able to get something. But um, I don't know if there was any earthquake i had asked like one or two people if they remember anything and one guy said i wouldn't have felt it i'm, I'm a big dude i wouldn't have felt it but um <laughs> yeah uh it, i i feel like if it was anything major it would have been talked about a little more yeah, it, but... it could have also been the crowd in the stadium could have felt like that so he's using, using a metaphor but maybe he isn't so right yeah that's that's what i want to know but i mean because um, mexico city has had earthquakes so oh of course that's why i'm not surprised it could have been a little tremor you never know puts all his faith in tremor earthquake oh i was i was going with uh i was going with tremors the uh the kevin bacon the, movie yeah, yeah yeah i figured you were I'll always assume i'm just going with kevin bacon six degrees yeah can't go wrong <laughs> X, as we were talking about before, they opened up, and they played about 15 songs or so. Uh, last song they played was Devil Doll, and you have a man in a luchador mask coming on stage. Uh, I believe they introduced him as El Vido. It was Eddie. Is anyone surprised that Eddie Vedder <laughs> came on stage with the opening band and played a song? Because I wasn't. No, because that's just what he does. Yeah. It's just what he does, and that, 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 it's cool. Because it's not like he just busts out there because he always calls people back on during Pearl Jam set, too. So, right, right. Which will happen in this show. Now, let's get into the actual set. Um, this is this is this is this is the third show in a row with a release opener and the second show in a row with a release into last exit open. Wait. Is that right or wrong? Wait, I thought or it was... Or was Evenflow 
last It was week. even flow, then last exit, I believe. Right? Uh, that's what it is. You know what? Close enough. Yeah, close enough. Uh, right. It, same, same mentality. I believe next week is, again, released into last exit. Okay. But it's definitely the third week in a row that releases the first song. Next week will be the fourth. This is just going to happen. You know, this is releases a common opener. It's we're not doing this on purpose. It, it just, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, you know, standard. That's it, fine. Um, do you have anything on any of these two songs? It's just, I, I feel like it's pretty standard fare. Yeah. It's... And, uh, I like how you said the, the word standard, because as, you and I are going to get into, you listeners are going to notice. I think the word of the day here is standard. This is a very standard performance, almost boring. Uh, you know it's not one of my favorite songs, but it can be a really great opener. I mean, I'm a low-light guy myself. I think that sets a better tone and pace for a show. But, uh, you know, release could be a really magical moment when they're opening a show with it. This was this was standard, man. And, and the standard theme is going to run through this episode. Agreed. I, I just... You know, the band doesn't move around. The band doesn't get energetic too much. Um, the crowd is really energetic. The crowd's really into it. The crowd is insane this night. And that's going to be, I think, a point that we're both going to make as we get into why we feel the way we feel about the show and why we might feel differently later on. But we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. So release into Last Exit, it, it's a formula that works pretty often. They do it pretty often. And again that that's just kind of what they do and now third song in uh we're gonna play it for you because i feel like we need to play something early here yes and i approve of this one yes I, there's <laughs> no there's no bad time to talk about this song which was uh the inspiration for a halloween hoodie we did at one point so uh here's severed hand <laughs> sounded really good and i want to talk about more of the song general in general than the ra rather the performance because uh i again i think it sounded good but i don't think that it was anybody's big moment to take away from this show um i like to talk Def definitely not i agree yeah with that. i i like to talk about album holdovers uh avocado had a couple during this time because it was still the you know this back backspacer was out and i believe like i like to give it two years after an album comes out where you're actually touring for that album and then the next year or two like you know this year with this year wasn't a lightning bolt tour 
with the home and away shows and all that. Lightning Bolt Tour probably ended in 2015 because you gave it two years. Right. This would have been kind of right in that meaty part of the end of a serious backspacer tour. Right. Yet, I don't know if that really comes through as much in this show. Right. Yeah. No, I, this is the ta- This is the last show of this tour, the last show of this year. Exactly. So yeah. uh, I believe there were only three or four backspacer songs played and, and it was kind of the typical ones. Um, So they're getting to that point where backspacer is starting to fade out a little bit, but avocado at, at this point already has faded. And while some songs have kind of kept around comatose is played from time to time, life wasted, uh, the reprise is played. Um, separate hand is one of those leftover songs that, that you still hear to this day. Right. And I just, all the albums kind of, after after Vitalogy, I would say, have those holdover songs. And I think it's really interesting when what they decide becomes the holdover songs, because obviously I think the song that you want from this album has not been held over at all. The song that I would want to hear from this album hasn't been held over at all. Exactly. Yeah, Severed Hand, it's, it's, a, it's a good holdover. And also... What we say a lot is I, I enjoy it really early in the set like this. I think it really drives starts to drive the first set in. Um, and I do like it in, say, a Encore 1. This performance was good. Was it great? No. But it was good. Um, I do like, in the video, though, Stone's energy. And we talk about Stone a lot. But yeah. Stone Stone's alive on this, on this show. He's got kind of a mop top going in this one. He kind of looks like he's an oasis. And he's uh, wearing long flannel and he's wearing jeans, so it's, it's. He looks like a teenager, and he was having a good time. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a different Stone than uh, than last week. Yeah. So, uh, good on you, Stone. But you know, to get to a point that we can talk about later, um, I believe this is the only avocado song. I, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I think it is. Okay, uh, there are no riot act or binaural songs here, so shocking yeah let that define what the set kind of is and when you know that there are no or no or limited riot actor by narrow or avocado songs you know that the set's kind of going in a direction of more hits and more popular stuff more poppy stuff that's kind of how i see this set right that it, it, it it's kind of a you know, they, they're they not that far off from playing this at a festival. That's how I see it. Am I wrong on that? I I agree to a... It, we'll get to it. Okay. All right. Um, Corduroy comes after Severed Hand, and uh, they've done... They do this a lot, and I like... The, it's a little... Um, it's kind of their tip of the hat when you know that they're about to do a song, and... They kind of, they do it sometimes when they do corduroy, sometimes they kind of have this like little feedback plucking before actually doing, and, and that's how, you know, it's corduroy. I kind of, I love, I love when you can kind of figure that stuff out when that stuff is just kind of commonplace. Yeah, I, I agree too. I was watching the video and, uh, it's pretty much all throughout the whole first half of the song. Eddie's yelling off stage a lot. He's he's got a tech in the back of him, and he keeps looking back at him. And uh, I think by the time the second chorus is over, he seems happy with whatever was fixed. But I couldn't tell what 
he was having a problem with. I couldn't tell if he was pointing at anything, guitar, in-ear monitors, whatever it was. But I, I thought he uh, sounded really good on the performance, so I guess it wasn't anything that was hindering his performance, but something was up because he had a stage tech kind of running all over for him, fixing something, and then he was he was happy with it. So I was just curious as to what it might have been. Notice that every time Ed talks to one of the tech guys, it's when he has a guitar in hand. That's That's it. He doesn't care if he can hear himself uh, sing. But... Yeah, it's weird, man. I don't know if he's just not taking full advantage of, of soundcheck or if he gets up there and, and it's completely different than it sounded in soundcheck, which, trust me, I've I've had that happen to me thousands of times where soundcheck is, is amazing and then we start playing and I'm I'm deaf in my ears. You know, I can't hear anything or I can't hear the bass or I can't hear the vocals, whatever it might be. That happens, of course. Um, but I, I feel like it does happen to Eddie a lot. I wonder why that, I wonder why that is. Well, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I think you have a better idea and understanding of it than I do. Think, I, I, things change, you know, you do a sound check and you think it sounds good and you get out there and things do change. Mixes do change. So maybe that's what Eddie has going on. I'm not sure, but it does happen a lot, doesn't it? What I will say about Eddie is that he's a perfectionist and he wants everything to be a certain way, like a lot of musicians do. And, um, you know, I, we, we talked about it uh, a couple shows ago about the, the issue with sirens at one of the Brooklyn shows where right, right. the guitar tech got fired afterwards because he gave Eddie the wrong guitar or it was out of tune. Yeah. I mean that, that'll, even if you're not a perfectionist, that'll piss anyone off. If you get a guitar up there and you're out of tune, that's, that's bad. Unforgivable. So the set's, Again, it's standard, and I thought that version of Corduroy, it's it, it's good, but it's not my favorite. I think, like, I love when they go into doing, uh, you know, where the crowd sings the bridge, and then they kind of, they slow down a little bit, and they do the yeah, 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 and then they go into a really slower version of that bridge. Yeah. Uh, everything, everything has changed. Um, so... They don't do that here. It's pretty standard affair. It's pretty much album version. So, well, it's not bad. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't excite me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like when they do that. I didn't mind them not doing it here because that is something I like live when I'm seeing them. If I'm listening to a bootleg and they do the whole, the slow down and the yeah, yeah parts, it gets grating and I, I fast forward it anyway. It's... I feel like that's something I want to listen to live. I don't need to listen yes. to it on a bootleg. I agree. There's just something so standard about this show. Yeah. I, I, I have a couple points that we'll we'll talk about as we get through, as I'm sure you do. I'm about to get hot. This is this is where I get hot. And I, I, I I'm I'm wondering if it's obvious to you if this was the moment I I would get a little mad at the the set the set construction of this show. Because Given to Fly comes next. Yes. And it's not because it's Given to Fly. It's not because it's a song, and it's not because it's not one of my favorite live songs. It's because of the placement. I 100% agree. After Corduroy, they lose so much momentum after starting off pretty good, after starting off with four songs that are really typical starters. And Given to Fly, they'll play it early in the set, and, you know, they'll... They'll play it late in the set, and it's pretty versatile for what it is, but... It's got to be early, 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 one or two, or it's got to be late, late, late. 
you know, 16, 17. This number five spot here after Corduroy especially, strange, very strange. Okay, so here's how I see it. So when you when you don't use the song right, it feels like a complete downer. It doesn't fit in the spot, and it's again, it's less of a knock against the song, and it's more against the set construction. I've grown to accept it as an opener because it's halfway in between a slow burn to like it's more of like a rise a rise back up so when you open with it like they did in boston you're rising up to the moment then you got animal and save you afterwards and everything felt like it has uh all come together after that point but this song serves a purpose there exactly so here here's what you have you have given a fly then brain of jay then elderly woman so what you're doing is you're kind of going midway pace after corduroy, which is very high paced, and then you're going to flat out all out with Brain of Jay, which is just, you know, balls to the wall, and then you're going complete cool down with Elderly Woman. There are a couple instances of this happening in this show. This is this is the first one. I'm glad you brought it up because I had this marked down as the first one and there's a few more that i think uh, suffers from a strange uh a strange placement uh but we'll get to it yeah i if if i were to if i were to do the set again i would have brain of jay after corduroy i think that's a really good follow-up yep and then after brain of jay you need a cool down so i would keep i like elderly woman after brain of jay yep then I would swap, I would put after elderly woman, given the fly kind of eases in now faithful as after elderly woman. So that kind of does the same job that given the fly would do. It's, it's very similar uh, in its pace, but I, yes, I agree 100% with that. I wouldn't do faithful and given a fly back to back. However, that's where I would, I would put given a fly. Yeah. Yeah. That that's, that's fair. That's fair to say. Because Faithful, a, it's a great song, too, especially when it sounds good live. So just to give everyone a quick recap, that was Given a Fly, Brain of Jay, Elderly Woman, and then, and then, and then Faithful. That, that, was that, that was that track listing right there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree completely with that switch up. That's exactly what I, I would do, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Also, I know it's going to disappoint you a lot, but I wrote down in my notes that this Brain of Jay... Eddie's performance in it leads me to start to believe that the days of Brain of Jay might be over because <laughs> it's, I know, I know. Well, I mean, they don't do it that often, but it's still, right. still His, comes around. He, he was, he sounded pretty good here, but there was, there was some struggling and this was in 2011. So if it comes around now, you know, it might be once a tour, it's, that's what I'm hearing every time I hear them play it. It just gets a little bit more difficult every time. So I know, I know you, that's not what you want to hear. But Well, no, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, it's not, it wasn't on my list of songs to play. I, of course, I'm obsessed with the song. I'm obsessed with wanting to hear it. You don't want to hear me say that, though, that, that I think it, it might just fade off into... Of course not. ...non-existence. Of course not. And I think when you get... When you get a song live that you've either never heard before or barely hear, sometimes when you're there in the moment, you don't care unless it's a complete butcher. 
if it's complete butchering of the song. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I completely agree with that. I, I, I'm talking about more of them not doing it because Eddie might not want to do it anymore. Not because they think it might... Listen, it, they might do it and it might not sound great. But again, you've been waiting your entire Pearl Jam career to hear this song. So would you care if it's not absolutely perfect? Absolutely not. I wouldn't care either. Right. I would, but I would, if, I would want the band, band to care, though. And and that's why I think maybe you're going to be seeing it even less now because I think they're aware that it might not be as uh, they they might not be able to pull it off as well as they used to. Right. That's kind of I think I've mentioned this a couple times that uh, spin the black circle, which mm-hmm. was really a, a a set staple, was diminished to maybe three or four times in 25 or so shows in 2018, which I I thought was a real real low amount. Sure. I don't disagree with that, though, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that as well. Yeah, like Dissonant was barely played, Glorified Jeed was barely played, and, and the common theme in these is that uh, you have a lot of high parts. And we talked right. about it when we were covering verses the last couple of weeks. So I think they drop tune what they think will translate well live. So right. if they're not doing that with every song just to play those songs, I appreciate that because it... it probably doesn't sound as good when they when they change it and they'd rather just let it be let it go um, maybe they'll do it once a tour but i kind of like what you're saying how they say oh you know we really care about how it's going to sound live so we're not going to do it because we don't think we could do it justice anymore right. and then i just i could just imagine you you know in the stands going we don't care play it anyway exactly yeah that, you know uh, rock and roll all night part, part of every day but you know which one um which one that I haven't seen before, which is my favorite song on Lightning Bolt. It's the only one I haven't seen off of Lightning Bolt that I feel like they butcher live and a lot of people hate it live. Getaway. Okay. It's the same thing. I would say for Getaway that almost at this point, I kind of don't want to hear it live because I know how how poor it sounds. Right. See, that's that's the difference we're talking of between a song like Getaway and a song like like Brain of Jay. Right. I mean, I would love to hear Getaway just because I like the song. But if they're going to play it like that, why? Why bother? Why? Why bother what sounds really good on an album and completely down tune it to where it diminishes its quality? completely? Right. Right. And before we get too off track, that's kind of like how you were telling me how down sounded really really poor at Fenway yeah. Night One, right? But yes. that's a song they do a lot. So, of course, being a fan of the song Down, especially live, worried me because will they cut it out? Because, oh, this one didn't sound that good. Maybe it just doesn't sound good anymore and now we never see it again. Or were they just off that night? So it's these little it, things you got to... Yeah. One little thing, back to set construction for a sec, that I would say... Uh, could have worked if you wanted to do Brain of Jay after Corduroy. If you needed something in between Brain of Jay and an elderly woman, you're never going to believe I'm going to say this. You know what would have worked between the two? What? I think Gotsam would have worked. It's mid-tempo, and I'm not saying I'd, I'd like to hear it, but in this spot, I actually think it makes sense instead of like it, Encore it, 2. It does. It does make sense a lot, but that's really weird because... I feel like we're kind of right on the same wavelength here uh, uh, compared to last week because I'm going to bring up Gotsum again going later on, and it's not even going to be me campaigning for Gotsum because you know I like Gotsum and I know that you don't. Right. I just have a 
uh, a point that I thought maybe you would agree with later on, but okay. I agree with yours too. So we're on good track right now, I think. Yeah. And, and maybe not even got some, I'm, I'm just trying to think of something that's like, you know, in between the, the tempo. Right. For the time though, that would have been an appropriate spot for it too. So of course. Yeah. yeah. And okay. Gotham, Gotham is not played on the show, which it's, you know, still like, like we said, a backspacer show, uh, the fixers in the show, just breathe is in the show. Uh, so it, it could have, it could have been, it could have made sense. And probably if I'm there at the time, I wouldn't hate Gotham as much. So yeah, probably not. You know. So, um, just to move forward, do you have anything about el- elderly woman or faithful? Just like, you know, before elderly woman, uh, the fans are chanting, ole, 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 ole. And they do it for a little bit. I think they're saying, ole, 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 Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. Which sometimes they do it when you watch uh, uh, Lucha Wrestling. They'll do, ole, 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 <laughs> Lucha, Lucha, which is really cool. So Ed says it was incredible, and he says hi to everybody. Um, and then he speaks Spanish, and I can't really tell what he's saying i think he might say to us bueno which means are you good i forget yeah again gringo white jewish bad spanish apologies <laughs> um especially to i know some people are listening in from mexico today so you know just just smack me in the face call me call me a bad bad white guy and uh we'll move <laughs> on it's fine it's um fine. It says, he also says, say, stay safe because there's a long night ahead of us. So that, you know, that's cool. Uh, elderly woman, real quick. Uh, you feel how excited the audience is to sing along with this. And I think that a lot of the response that we did get from it mentioned that, you know, just the vibe from elderly woman was really good at the show. Yeah, I thought it was a, a really good vibe as well. And this is my favorite spot for it, too, when it's kind of like the early set cooldown. You're like two or three songs away from even flow. This is, you know, you need a sing along after something really, really fast and exciting and jumping and, and all that. Um, yeah, it's one of those when, when they break into it live, I say, uh, all right, I, I could spare four minutes to get through it. And then a minute and a half goes through and you're happy they played it. Yeah, yeah, you kind of, you get resigned to it. it. It's fine. And yeah. you hear, you know, if you've gone 20, 20 times, you've probably heard it 11 to 12 times, and it, it's fine, you know. Um, there's always going to be good versions. There's always going to be, you know, we covered a version, our first ever show, that wasn't so good. So. Yeah, and, and this this one was good. It was okay. I think the crowd, the crowd owned this oh, the one. Oh, cr- the crowd is what makes a lot of these, because there's no wow factor to the song. The wow factor is because the crowd is so into it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that, that re- that's really what makes it. I, you yeah, know, yeah. When we cover one of the MSG shows, the first time I ever saw Elderly Woman, I was kind of in the back, and you're able to see... The lights were kind of were kind of bluish. I, I I don't know how I remember this, but the lights were kind of bluish, where you can see all the heads, and you can see everybody during "Hello" like lift their head back to sing it, and and everybody was so loud and powerful on it. That was the one one of the biggest memories I took away from that show, which is not like the highest show on my list. I really do like the show, but it's it was never going to be the highest on my list. Let's move on to Faithful, which could have been given a fly in this spot. This is a good spot for Faithful. 
we haven't covered Faithful yet, so why don't we take a listen? Uh, you read my mind. Yeah, all right, let's do it. <laughs> secret that i'm obviously a huge yield fan for years and years and years this was on my top 10 list and i feel really bad that it's not it's kind of uh, it hasn't lost its spot others have gained spots you know what i'm saying yeah that's that comes from seeing them more and more and yeah that comes from finding new appreciations to albums and that comes from a lot of things so i don't fault you for that at all i might be in the same boat with you with that too because i i love the song as well would it be in my top 10 now maybe not if i saw it live like say next year if they tore around and i saw it could it go back into my top 10 yeah i think absolutely it could you just sometimes you just have to come back to it. Yeah, and and faithful, just kind of like uh, what we were talking about, Brain of J, Dissonant, those songs in 2018 that really had a very very short run. Uh, faithful wasn't played at all in 2018. I believe maybe the last time they played it was uh, the first Fenway show mm. in 16. That's the last time I remember it being played. So. Uh, and I remember I was singing loud to that song during that night. And my, my brother, who's just, he can be a tool sometimes, uh, <laughs> hope he's not listening to that. He hasn't listened to an episode yet. So <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Jay. Watch. Yeah, he's going right. to, he's going to, he's going to be like, I think I need to start with episode 12. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Mexico city sounds like a good one. Uh, he just looks at me. He's like, dude, you're singing too loud. Like that. No, that doesn't, that's not a thing. That's not a thing here. Uh, yeah, that, that, but we had a fun time at that show. Uh, that was, yeah, that was a good one. I thought this faithful was, I feel like we're saying this a lot. It was good, period. I like that they played it. I like that they played it. Yes, good. That's exactly what I was trying to say. I like that they played it. Moving on. Right, right. And uh, next is Evenflow, and this is the first time in a couple of weeks where I really have I'm back to no notes on Evenflow because we're back to Evenflow not being that special anymore. It's it's yeah. This this wasn't. Uh, I mean, the band sounded tight on it. the The band is tight this whole night. 
I don't have any problem with their performances. I think the band's really tight. They're just not energetic. They sound it's good. Just they're just not there. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, they're it's a little bit. Something's really missing. You know what I really I liked after Even Flow though. I said uh, over here on the uh, Stratocaster, Mi Amigo, Miguel McCready. Miguel McCready. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And then what do he say? He turned around and he goes, oh, yeah, and Senor Matt Cameron. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, I agree with that. But, you know, um, even flow that we covered the last couple of weeks were in way different spots. Uh, yep. They were closer to albums paced. They weren't. They didn't have a nine minute solo. Um, and this is just this is I, I can't give you a time frame, I guess, like maybe around yield to riot act time where even flow really started to find the sweet spot played every night at this fast pace that, you know, not the, the groove that, that it is on the album. This is just a down, it's just, I thought this one was a little more tamed than it, than ones that we've done before. This one wasn't than others that we've done before, but not, compared to the last two weeks no 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 i'm, I'm talking about I'm more how they to. do it now how it's sometimes it's really fast and really long this one was a little bit more tamed it wasn't slow or album version but i don't know if it was an energy thing it's it sounded it sounded good though i i'll i'll say that even flow did sound good i i i listened to it i'll put it that way i did listen to it yeah yeah um I was probably doing dishes in the kitchen or something i don't know yeah. <laughs> I, I i was all over the place during during the show um well and that, i think that's another thing that we we discussed as well it was randy and i were we were having trouble giving this our full concentration the show yeah we'll, we'll we'll get into that more when we talk about our rating but if you can't tell this is a pretty middle of the road right down the middle type type of a set list following the little miguel mccready senior matt cameron speech uh a little song from Into the Wild, and it's uh, Setting Forth, which is one of the very few that they go back to as a full band. Um, it's probably the most common out of all of them. Um, they did Society back in Fenway in 2016. I, I can't personally remember any others that they've done. Yeah, you know... I just I don't care about this song at all. Well, do you know the history behind yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, I do. Like it, uh, it doesn't matter about the history, it doesn't matter about anything about what anything is about. Not at all. And this song is not a bad performance. I think they actually play it pretty well at this show. But it is a total filler. It is always reminded me of a song that I would have written in high school because there's nothing musically interesting about it at all. It's a standard song. It's a song that sounds like it was written on the spot because it's something that Eddie has done a million times before. It's nothing new. Not only that, but I feel like he really dates himself with this song. It is a, it's it's such a dated sounding song. Yeah. It's such just a a bottom of the barrel quote unquote rock song and I just never liked it. I never liked it. It's not interesting. The point of the song and why it feels so kind of empty is that they he wanted it to be around 90 seconds or so, so he can get the full song into Into the Wild, which which is what happened. Um, I believe... Yeah. I don't think that this one is one of the covers that he had on Into the Wild. I think this is originally his song, but the idea... He talked about this during uh, the Seattle or Missoula shows from this year, 
where he dedicated this to the big sky. I think he likes to play this in places that are very mountainous and adventure and travel-y. So. Kind of wide open space, like, yeah. Yeah, it, make, it makes sense for, for Mexico City, which is, you know, has just about everything. Um, but there was some songwriter that he was talking about while introing the song, I believe it was Seattle, that he said, uh, particularly wrote, 90 second songs and compose songs just like this. So it, it just, I don't hate the song at all. I think it kind of, it's catchy at times and I think it's fun to sing at times. It just, the depth of it is just empty a little bit. Like, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I, where there should have been another verse, it's kind of a bridge. It just, it's weird. I feel like he was trying to write a song that fit the time frame when the movie was supposed to be taking place. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it sounds like he's trying to do that in the 2000s and it's not interesting to me. It's, it's, uh, it's bland. It's, do you like anything off of the end of the wild soundtrack? Uh, There's, there's some, there's some points to it. Yeah. This is not, this is not one of them though. Okay. I don't care to hear the song live. It, you know what? It fits perfectly in the set. Just a straightforward set. It's a straightforward song. It's a straightforward melody. It's a straightforward progression. I guess I can't fault it for for being here then uh, uh, in, in this type of set. It does work where it is after even flow. I think it's a good kind of pick me up. Short even flow, you need a little bit of ADHD, so to speak. So you know it's quick. Uh, yeah. So it goes yeah, true. from that into unthought known, which I oh, it, okay. So I'm sorry. This, you know what? I I missed my note real quick. I will say though that dude again with unthought the transition into it is is killer. Yes, but I still don't think that it was the best song to put there. I I still think that, that their construction around this point with the next couple songs. So my, my problem with it is going to show up in the next couple songs, not quite with unthought at this moment, but it's coming up. I think it should have been red mosquito, then daughter, then unthought. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think, I think you really like unthought, has its own, it needs to follow something. I don't want to, I, I think it could have followed Daughter. That, that's, yes, you know, okay, I, I could see that. It's tough to describe because this song gets kind of big and opened and epic in points too. And it's a tough one. But at this point, at this point, can we argue that it wasn't yet? I mean, it was turning into a set list table. I think it was enjoyed, but it wasn't beloved yet. I think compared to now, I, I agree. Yes, yes. Putting my myself in like the mindset of 2011, yeah, it could have been a little confusing here because it's not quite where it is. But what if this was played like this in 2018? Because you know it gets pretty epic, it gets pretty big, and people are sure. connected to it. It might, it, this might be fine now, but um, yeah, yeah. I think maybe in 2011, this is not the best place for it. I just I, I just think that when daughter gets all after the tag it kind of gets all slow and it gets kind of low I think it's a perfect kind of pick me back up from that and I, I think red Mis- I think you have to um, I think you have to keep pace going I think you have to kind of rock a little more after setting forth and that's why I think red mosquito should have been bumped up it's funny it's kind of like a catch-22 because at the same time, 
on Thought could go anywhere because the the opening guitar riff can transition out of almost anything, as we've seen a few times. Right. It's it it does sound good anywhere, even though this isn't where we would place it in 2011. Right. I I agree. I agree with you because it's going to sound more epic. It's going to have the, the clapping. It's going to have the chanting. It's going to have gems and rhinestones. All that. You exactly. Know? Exactly. So, yep. Um. So unthought known Rojo Mosquito as uh, Rojo Mosquito sounded good here too. Sounded gr- great performance. I thought. Yeah. Um. The audio sucks. The audio sucks on everything here. The audio really sucks on this one. But um, I I, I thought this was where the band was actually showing some some energy. And yes. With Red Mosquito, which I love because I love Red Mosquito, as you guys all know. Uh, so to see actually finally some energy coming forth in a song that I really enjoy and a song that I like to see is being played more often that we've covered a bunch of times and that we've seen a bunch of times. This is a good point of the show for me. Rojo Mos- Mosquito sounds like it could be the nickname for a baseball player. Yes. Yes. Um, or or some kind of wrestler. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe an evolved wrestler. <laughs> I'm thinking back to any Eddie's luchador character could have been called Rojo Mosquito. That's true too. Oh, missed opportunity. Uh, okay, so Rojo was in the daughter, and man, daughter continues to be one of my least favorite live songs of all time. I'm just bored during it. Hey, Randy. Yo. I'm gonna switch things around real quick. What you got? All right. I am not hating this song anymore. Because, yeah, okay, so let me tell you why. Having done this now, this podcast for 12 episodes and having seen Pearl Jam all these times, a good daughter is becoming like a good better man. If it sounds nice and it sounds tight and the band is into it when they're playing it, I'm starting to really enjoy it. And I never, ever thought I would say that about Daughter Live, but here I am saying it. It, It's I'm starting to really enjoy this song. You know, I'm not, and I think it's just because half the time you have to, like, you hear it, you're, like, anticipating the tags and what the tags are going to be. By the way, there was no tag on this one, so um, right. uh, play WMA full campaign, 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 campaign. Every time we play Daughter, we're just going to have to say whether they tag with it or not. <laughs> no tags on it. I don't know. I decided to go feed Gordy during this time, so I, I don't really know what they were doing. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I also put a lot of the blame on myself. I think I would pass over Daughter or not think about it at all because it was such a big hit. You've heard it a bazillion times <clears throat> that I don't think I was giving it uh, its credit or its due uh, when it came to listening to it live. And I've started to more. It's not a bad live song i mean they play it really well and like i said it's like better man you're gonna get it it's gonna sound good what i'm finding now is is appreciate the song more which yes. i am we'll see we'll see if it happens i don't know I, i'm yeah yeah no 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 i'm I, you know uh i don't think that you think it's impossible for you to start enjoying it because i thought it was but now i know that it's not i almost want to skip daughter on the radio if i hear it Sure, sure. That's that's what it's coming down to now. That's how much I, I just don't care about it anymore. I'm sorry. I, sh- I should have uh, been clearer. I'm really enjoying this live now. I'm not going to okay. make a point to listen to it on the radio, on the album, because, again, you've heard it a, a ten hundred thousand million times. Live, I am starting to really appreciate Daughter. I said it. 
It is now in the books. It is on record. And I never thought I would say it. Oh, well, let's let's see if I turn a corner. I don't think I will, but I have faith in you. Next one up uh, is a song we haven't covered before. I don't know when we're going to cover it next, so we're going to play it for you now. It is sneaky good, and I think a lot of people really like it, and um, a lot of fans in the audience probably had no idea what it is. So this one is Of the Earth. interesting history uh it was originally written as an outtake for avocado uh there were rumors that it was supposed to be recorded for backspacer or was recorded for backspacer and then eddie in an interview or some at some point said you know this is just a, a song for for playing live um it's only been played 13 times and at this point this was the sixth time and around they really don't do it that much anymore i think 2016 was the last time they did it and it was it's kind of been one of these you know every other year hopper songs after this but uh, um i i really i really like the song a lot i i think it just kind of sneaks up on you and and it kind of i love that build that like tension in the beginning the the riff i love that part and i love when it goes a little higher and ed's voice gets really high on this um this version sounded okay, but... See, Of the Earth, I was always take it or leave it. I don't hate the song, but I don't love the song. And I'm glad it was more of an uh, avocado outtake because I think avocado would have gotten a lot more shit if Of the Earth was on it. I don't think it would have... It wouldn't have fit. I don't think it would have done anything well for the album because I think a lot of people think that avocado is full of filler songs, which I 100% disagree. There's there There's one or two unemployables filler i'm not gonna get into avocado because i could i'll talk about it forever but um, <laughs> i think if of the earth was on it what about if it was on backspacer um again i don't i don't think it fits on backspacer it doesn't really fit anywhere it's so different i know like what do you what do you do with it do you play it after just breathe into amongst the waves then you get rid of the poppy sound of backspacer it's true i i yeah definitely and if you play it on lightning bolt then you just have you know 13 songs that almost none of them sound the same. Right. Which is kind of the case already. Exactly. Uh, as for it here, I don't think this was a great performance at all. I thought it I thought it was really bad. Because it was bad, this turns into a another total filler song. So I think this song could suffer from that very easily. It's definitely, it has a bathroom song vibe to it just because I think people well, that don't, can't really get into it will... If you're not a collector, what what purpose do you have for the song? I think if this performance of the song was better, it would be me saying this is one of the times where I could take it. But today, it's I, I I'm I'm gonna have to leave it. Yeah, just because it's played so sparingly, um, 
I will take it, you know, uh, especially I don't know how many other shows that we're going to cover in the distant future that, that are going to have it on there, but this is, it's a good opportunity to talk about it. So I, oh, no, I really, no, you know, I'll never, I'll never complain about covering something new. I love touching on new songs every episode. I just wish this was more of a hit. So maybe we'll get another of the earth in the future and, yeah. and then I'll be like, no, see, this is one that I'm in for. You know, you know how we'll get another of the earth. How? If somebody requests the show with of the earth in it and entices us to. Oh, all right. It. All right. Listeners, you, yeah. you, you know, we read your emails. So, yep. Um, we're closing in on the end of the first set here and, uh, I can just run through these three songs real quick. If I could just say something quick about nothing, man, what you were talking about on thought before, this is another spot where, of course, I'll never complain about hearing it live, but now this is where it gets a little strange to me with the order, especially after daughter of the earth. I think nothing man here. It's, it feels lopsided to me. Yeah, I think, I think. The set really needed a grievance or something. Mm, yes, yes, really, like it needed something angry. There, there's no, there's no heart in this set. It's all, it's all kind of pop songs. It's all kind of uh, sing-alongs. There's no, like I don't know if Eddie wasn't was just in a you know a somberish mood, but it's kind of in between love songs and pop songs, and and there's no like grit to it. Exactly, and it keeps just that steady, standard, forward motion. Like they're just going, they're just kind of you know sailing forward, and there's no pop yet. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's it's they're the wavelengths. When you ride the waves, these are really small waves that aren't really progressing to get higher and higher. It definitely needed a big wave. They don't have them a big wave. They don't have them a big wave. They don't have them a big wave. wave. So sorry to cut you off. So you want to just yeah. uh, run down um, the the other two? What was it? Better Man? And, Better Man uh, than Porch. Here, and then Porch. First of all, first of all, um, why not? Here, here's how this could have worked. Why not do the man s- sequence here? A- after Of the Earth, Leather Man would have been a really good transition. It, yep. That would have been a better transition, I think, for sure. Yeah, just just do all three of them. I I don't think it was on the original set, so you know you give them something rare too. And uh... yeah, yeah, I thought Better Man got a little. I was actually not too thrilled about this Better Man. I thought I thought Eddie was actually getting a little too wild, and he was losing his breath a little bit, and he was letting the crowd take a lot of the song, which I don't mind in the beginning of it. Yeah, he banter's a lot with the crowd. Yeah, especially when you're there and it's live. I mean, it's it's a great thing to do. In the big ending of the of the song, I mean, his his vocal variations live are really good and they're really catchy, and they become staples to the song. And I like to hear that. But here he was letting the crowd sing a lot of the chorus. And but I will uh, what what I do like is Stone's mic is really loud and his "Can't Find a Better Man" part stood out, which is my favorite part of the whole song. So I love I loved it. Did he, he didn't even stay at the mic. He kind of like walks walks away and then walks back he, to he it. He says it and steps away and walks back and steps away. Yeah. Fucking Stone, I love you so much. You're my all-time favorite. Did you notice during uh, the, the tag for Save It To Later? Uh, yeah, Save It For Later. Save It To Later for me. Don't walk away and put me up. I didn't. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, 
I was <laughs> running a little short on time, and I, I had listened to the show a few times, but uh, save it for later. I, I did. Uh, I'm sorry. I, sk- I skipped it. I'm sorry. I wanted to hear how they opened with Porch because of what we had talked about with, with Chris Buckley. What's up, Chris Buckley? Yep. That's exactly what's in my notes, too. I wanted to get to it. Yeah. Uh, well, for, first of all, the Save It For Later tag, uh, he's singing different lyrics. It, it was kind of cool. So he, he kind of got into that. Um, yeah. Look, we're back at the riffy intro. Just the... And, and it's just... Man, it kills the vibe of Porch. I see what he was talking about because I've never seen it without that. And back in, you know, the Atlanta show where he's just like, one, two, three, four, what the fuck is this? Like, you're just, ah, it's so good. It's it's so intense. It's so enticing. And and here it's just like, hey, let's sit around, comparatively, it's like, well, let's sit around the campfire. What the fuck is this world coming to? Yeah. Now, I, okay. How do I, how do I put this without contradicting myself i i like the idea and i like it what i don't like is that it's become every time because now it is not interesting if you were to do that once in a while oh they did that alternate porch open cool we've heard it way too many times now but what i thought would have been good this slow build up with the boom the bass drum boom boom and it, it sounds really good, all right? I'm not going to say that doesn't sound good, because it does. What if they do that as a build-up, bang, quick stop, and then go right into how they do it on the album with the regular intro? Do a jam to it, but don't carry it through to the, you know, to where Cameron comes back in and it's fast, because everyone's over it. I would rather hear this jam build-up, which does sound good, then stop, then one, two, three, four. I think that would sound really cool. Yeah. Instead, you just of gotta... keep, instead of keeping it mid-tempo all the way up until the O's come in. Right. I think I think it has to deal with placement. And I think if, if, if Porch is in the first set and you're ending the first set and you want to do the this kind of, this jammy intro, I think I'm okay with it. But I think later, in the, if they're closing... Encore one or two with it, dude. Exactly, especially if they're coming out of Better Man with Porch. Better Man ends one, two, three, four, right into it. Right. That's what works. Right. Or split the difference, like I said. Maybe try out my idea. Do that jam intro because I don't hate that. But then stop it and bam, hit him with hit him with the album intro. That's that, you know that's my thought. You know what I like even less? I um I don't like when Eddie does Porch acoustic on his uh, in his solo shows. No, I just it's just it's it's campy. It's just like, you know how if you go see like, uh, oh, I don't know um, if you go see somebody like Brian Wilson perform and he's performing most of his solo stuff. But then he throws in a couple of Beach Boys songs here and there and he's and then he does like, you know, uh, good vibrations or wouldn't wouldn't it be nice just by himself. And those both songs have like these high harmonies which you really don't want to hear without the Beach Boys. You know, this is this is the same thing. You don't want to hear an acoustic version without the rest of the band going crazy, without Mike especially. That's how I feel about it. It's so funny. I remember uh, when they were doing the 
sidewalk interviews with people waiting to get in to see Nirvana acoustic. And they did like this ultimate mashup where, uh, I don't know, say Kurt Loader. Probably wasn't Kurt Loader. That's a, by the way, that was 20, 25 years ago to the day, I believe, yesterday. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I saw that. Maybe that's why it's fresh in my head. But uh, they're going up to everyone. Hey, what song do you want to hear tonight? Smells like Teen Spirit. Hey, what song do you want to hear tonight? Smells like Teen Spirit. And then I think oh, they God. cut they cut to Dave Grohl, which was way in the future. And he's like, yeah, uh, those people were going to be really disappointed. <laughs> but it was like there's this mashup of like 30 people saying they can't wait to hear Smells Like Teen Spirit. You're going in to see Nirvana do acoustic. Was it likely they were going to do Smells Like Teen Spirit as a fan thinking? Sure. Yeah, I, think, I think anyone would have thought that. But then you're like, no, I don't do that. Don't do that. Do Man Who Sold the World. Dude, that's, right. that's so cool, you know? But that's what made that set so legendary. That, that's, is what, that that's, they... what makes, that's what makes that one of the most legendary live performances of all time. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's like Porch. I, I don't, how, I don't, how many you know. actual Nirvana songs did they play that night? I don't know, you know. I like All Apologies it. and uh, uh, I think they played Come As You Are. But I you don't remember the funny thing. You just don't remember. You remember all apologies. You remember man who sold the world. You remember uh, Lake of Fire. Yeah. You don't remember like the more uh, uh, Nirvana songs. You know, on a plane was another one. I think man who sold the world probably comes out as the most standout track of that entire performance. I, I mean, of, of the of the video of the broadcast yes. of the of uh, that's a legendary performance. That that and all apologies to me are the yeah, two that so really too. stand out. My my favorite thing about the man who sold the world is uh, during one of the oh no not me we never <laughs> lost control. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm glad a little you feedback. That There's a couple little flubs in there that sound really good though. Yeah, uh, it's it's just legendary, legendary show. I I think I'm gonna listen to it after this. I just miss it. But you know what? If I'm ranking this, the Seattle uh, Unplugs, Allison Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Right, right. The Allison Allison Chains, Chains I, just, is, yeah. I just love that show. Yep. I just do. Uh, just Lane is just fucking incredible. It was his environment, and, you know, he seemed somewhat happy. Penny Royalty was also a big standout, I thought, Ooh, on Oh, yeah, well. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what we're getting to is we don't want to hear Porch Solo acoustic and we don't want to hear this stupid build up to to porch anymore chris buckley the last what five minutes is dedicated to you my friend yeah thank you thank you i wasn't even thinking about it before absolutely not Uh, absolutely not but i'm glad he mentioned it because it's so it's so it's so obvious at the same time right right but now that we've gotten some 90 shows under our belt we can be now we could really complain about it yeah right we're knowledgeable on it so that's that's it all right, we're in the first encore now. Uh, fans are really, really loud for them to come back while they're off stage. And uh, second show in the in a row where it's not the best show in the world, but the fans are top notch again. I, they don't have any turkey or stuffing that that they're full up on, and they're not tripping on the fan. Uh, if, if they all had come from Thanksgiving dinner, how are you going to survive a Pearl Jam show? Oh Shit. no, yeah, even the Can't night after, if, if they're it. playing Black Friday, yeah, that, that'd be tough. Uh, so. Uh, Ed talks about places they played in Latin and South America that tour. He's grateful to be there and thanks the fans. And he speaks in Spanish. And the only word I was able to tell that he said was amigos. 
It's not because we're completely uncultured. It's because the audio quality was so bad. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm somewhat uncultured, but, you know, uh, that's just me. Um, just breathe. This opens here. I don't really have much to say. I feel like you think you know what I might say about this. So he's totally solo. It's. I think it sounds fantastic. Uh, I think he does an amazing job. I think his acoustic guitar sounds really good. It's got a great mix on it. But it's missing those those boom ambient sounds, and it's missing Jeff's bass line, and yeah. and those two lines, the the that kind of synthy keyboard line and Jeff's bass line, those are pun intended instrumental for the bridge. We we need those <laughs> in that in that instrumental bridge. We need those parts. They sound really good. They fill it up, but. At least Matt came out and he did the, the harmonies in the chorus, yeah. which it saved the performance for me. But I would have looked at some points to be like, oh, it's Eddie Solo. This is why I hate it. This is blah, blah, blah. Right. I can't because he sounded really, really fucking good on this. And Matt's harmony sounded good. I just wish I had a little bit more of that vibe from the full band, which I'll always say. I, I agree with everything that you're saying. And I think while listening to it, I didn't even notice that it was just Eddie. I think it was just like I was just hearing Just Breathe and I wasn't. Right. But I at the same time, lost... but, it's, but it's because he, he did sound good doing it. And I do right. like Just Breathe. I know it's a little played. It's a little down. It's a little this, a little that. I do like it. I think it's a really nice song. I, I, I liked it when it came out. I never really got sick of it and i've gotten to play it at some weddings before so it stuck with me nice easy simple albeit eddie-centric song that i do care for that's that's very rare that you actually agree with something eddie solo yeah so, no, this, was, that's, this was fine i liked it yeah uh next up i want to play this one i don't think we've covered this one yet i don't think we have either so again, there's a couple things here. There's some fresh conversations here, which I, which I really like. Absolutely. So, uh, this is one of my all time favorite songs. It has gotten me out of funks and gotten me to just, it's the closest Pearl Jam song that I think has related to me, um, in the past. And, uh, I think a lot of people do feel this way about this. And, uh, well, here it is. just one of my favorites uh it's a really good version of it too and um 
for anybody that went to the Buffalo show in 2013, uh, this is for you because anytime I hear Off He Goes Live, I automatically, my head thinks that this is coming. Um, during the first verse, uh, right after he says uh, his face seemed pulled intense, he says, carry guitar down, carry guitar down. And then uh, right after he's riding on a motorbike in the strongest wind, he says again, carry guitar, carry guitar. So every time I hear this live, I'm expecting him to say it. <laughs> it's like burned into your into your head, right? Into exactly. Head. Yeah. Exactly. But that was also one of the first versions I ever heard too. Sure, sure. Uh, you know that was that was the first time I had heard it live that moment, which is one of a top five show for me, which I'm sure we'll do at some point. Right. Uh, but you know, I I love the song and I love hearing it live. I think it's just it's uh, yeah. it's perfect for this spot. It's perfect for the encore. And, I dude, I I my first note on it was I said, good place. I think it's a great place yes. for the song. It sounds good here. I'm glad to cover it. Finally. Um, as I've said in, in other episodes, um, I never liked the album version because it's, it sounds like that Eddie Vedder doing an impersonation of Eddie Vedder. And I never really understood his performance on the album. I love the song live and I think it sounds really good. The only problem I had with this one is that it's a little bland for me, but I think that's because like we've said, the whole show is kind of just middle of the road. There's no mm. real wow or pops. It kind of lends into this bland kind of feel for, for the night, which sucks because it's a it's a great place for it. And it, like I said, it sounds good. It's just a little underwhelming as, as this whole show is, though. So it's nothing against Off He Goes at all. It's nothing against the song. It's more of the feel for the entire night. And this is falling into the category okay i uh that's fine i uh still love it though i still yeah, love it right no, i i i thought this was a good spot for it and i thought i thought this was a good performance so i yep, and, yep. and this is one of the things if i went to the show i would have been like hey off he goes this would have been less standard for me sure so um now we get to a song that we always love. It's in its sweet spot. Uh, we've mentioned it before. It's a versatile song, but do the evolution, baby. Yep. This is this is we both said we love this in this spot the most. It's so awesome in these encore spots. Uh, I I still hold a bit of a grudge for Fenway Night Two. We were supposed to get it really really late. Yeah, like right before a live. Oh, I, I think it was second encore and they cut it and. I, guys, I hold a little bit of a grudge there because that would have blown my mind to see uh, evolution in that spot. Yeah, I thought this sounded fine here. Um, nothing spectacular, but it it wasn't bad either. Just like we mentioned at the beginning, Stone has really good energy on this too. Stone's, Stone's, uh, he's got the ants in his pants on the show. I, I, I love it. <laughs> he probably does have ants in his pants. A little bit, a little bit. Knowing him. And uh, I just wanted to mention, too, the, the video on YouTube doesn't really show a lot of the other band. You see Cameron, Eddie's all over the place, of course. Stone has great energy. You see uh, you see Jeff a little bit. I'm sure Mike has his energy is fine, too, because it always is. But as I'll get to um, when we get to the ratings, I didn't hear the energy in Mike's playing as much as you usually do. Yeah. You don't you don't see him at all. So he could be running all over the stage. I, I I could be completely wrong about that. I'm not sure. I did not hear the energy in his playing. Um yeah, I'm kinda with you. I'm kinda with you on that. It just it it the this the single shot 
uh, there was just kind of, it was stagnant, and he didn't really get much. And even Eddie wasn't really moving around or really being Eddie too much. He had moments where he went into, like, full seizure. But besides that, it was almost as if he was saving up this energy for these bursts. Yeah. Mike does that, too, at times, so that could have that could have happened. Mike, Mike on the catnip, as we, we like to say. I thought Stone was consistently uh, feeling this performance tonight, which I, I am not feeling it as much as I have, have enjoyed other ones. It's not that they're bad. Sometimes, we'll get to all this, sometimes but... the guys have to pick each other up, and maybe he thought he's like seeing everybody else, and it's like, okay, well, our energy is somewhat there. This is the last show on the tour, guys. Come on, let's go. You know, uh, next up here, this is another set construction thing. I didn't even put this in my notes, but I, I noticed it now. Um, okay. I would I would flip the next two songs. Yes. Because why sandwich black in between Evolution and Spin the Black Circle? You know what I said about black? I wrote in my notes, this reminds me of the Nothing Man placement. Yeah, it's it really strange. does. Very, it's very just, strange. It, it's, it needs... It needs flow, and that's you're breaking in and out of flow with a lot of this set. It's right. it's really high point. It's evolution, baby. It's it's there's it's loud, and then you go to black, which is and just... earlier in the set you got brain of Jay, you got this, you got quarter, you got that, and then you have some weird you got some weird breakups with nothing man with daughter with uh, it's uh, it's yeah. There's a lot of flow dis- d- disruptors. Uh, here <laughs> and and you know what I, I don't even like spin the black circle following black well no no i don't i don't either i don't either i think that's just as weird it, it is just as weird and on top of that it was never one of my favorite songs because sometimes it's really good and sometimes it's really bad this this one was a a pretty good performance but of, of spin the black circle spin the black circle so yeah. when they start it when you're seeing it live you i go into this headspace where I say, uh, I am I really going to enjoy the next three minutes, or am I really going to not enjoy it at all? Um, so it's it's a real flip a coin for spin the black circle for me, and it does nothing where it is. It needs to be switched with black. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, you know what? I, I, and it's I, it's not the best vocal performance here. No, either. that's that's what I was saying. I think I think his vocal performance in black was fine. I think even when yes. he's having his worst day, he can find he can find it for black. Yes. Oh, oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And um, the crowd the crowd really gave a great reaction to "We Belong Together." Once he started singing that, the crowd mm-hmm. started to pop a little bit. So that's that's still a tag that I like, even though I think we mentioned last week that it wasn't great. Yeah, and it's it, and for the most part, it's not over. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Like right. save it for later can sometimes overstay its it welcome. Gets, exactly, and and I like I like how they bring down the lights and it gets really intimate during that. Sure. During that uh, uh, together tag, so that that's okay too. But we agree on this. Yeah. black, Spin the black. This is not right. This is not yeah. Right no, okay. Eddie's holding back a lot until about the end of it, and like we talked about before, he just can't do it justice anymore but i i feel like he kept this in for so long and wanted to do it for for years and years and years because it just the song brings him joy and it brings him this feeling of being young and and sitting in the room playing records again absolutely and i i agree with that and i like that they keep it around because it does have that adolescence type feel to it and it's it's such a cool subject matter and i like it but like i said uh you know not to beat the dead horse here 
sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Yeah, that's I got I got nothing for it either. You know, that's just it. Uh, the next three songs, um, you know, this can run through real quick. Uh, the Fixer is next, and Ed calls it L Fixer. L Fixer. Now, remember I mentioned Got Some earlier. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say Got Some might have worked well here with the energy. I would have liked it better in the first set where you had mentioned. I agree with that. But I would have taken Got Some here over Fixer because, like I said, with, with the pacing on some of these songs, it's been so up and down, and it's been so bland, then big, then bland, then big. I think Got Some would have kept it rolling a little bit better here over the fixer or maybe an avocado song here uh, yeah okay yeah maybe an avocado song marker in the sand in the first encore how about how about definitely an avocado song instead <laughs> how, how about this how about i go a little bit further um why don't you do evolution spin to black spin to black fixer black then jeremy wago I think Black and a Jeremy is great. Uh, sure. Yes. It just, it, it fits a little better. I would still take Fixer out though. I'm not liking Fixer here. It's not. I'm, I'm not digging. I'm not digging it either. I think it could have been switched with a lot so of other you're, things. You're just saying I, instead of taking it out, you're just rearranging. How do we, how do we realign what's already there? Yes. Then, yes. Then I, I agree with what you just said. Um, okay. And then I would have to go one step further and say just take out Fixer altogether because it's bringing it down just a little bit. I agree. Well, that's how I feel a lot about Gotsum in the encore. I feel like Gotsum is such a terrible encore song because it's just not – it doesn't hit in the same way right. that it does earlier in a set. It's just – it's a total – it's a bust. Yeah, but I, I, my point was if they weren't going to do Gotsum in the, in the main set but they wanted to try to get – um, a backspacer song in the encore like that. Right. I would have preferred Got Some just because I feel like... Um, I feel Over like that... Johnny Guitar Watson staring at you? Oh, dude, you know I'm not a Johnny Guitar guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Steve. Sorry, Santa. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeremy follows Fixer, and the only note I had on Jeremy is that the bridge is faster than usual, and I kind of like it. Yeah. Here's something crazy. Okay, hit me with it. I'm digging Jeremy live more and more. Dude, okay, it's the same thing with Daughter for me. I am starting to really, really like Jeremy now, too. Right? It's going to take me a little bit longer to get there. I said before, Jer- I'm not quite there yet as I am with Daughter, but give me a little bit more time, and and there's really not going to be a song out of these staples, Alive, Even Flow, Jeremy, Daughter, those those type songs. I'm going to enjoy all of them. I'm, I'm almost there. Jeremy's like the last one that I got to get there with. It just doesn't feel, when, you, when you're listening to it at home, it doesn't feel as boring as it could live when it's just kind of, and, and it, it, it depends on, on, on uh, placement too. I, sure. I don't feel like Jeremy should ever go in a second encore. Uh, I feel like this is a good spot for it here because you this at least. It's a great spot will expect it in a first encore. I do like it in a, in a regular set too, but I just don't. Right. I wouldn't close with it ever. Sure. And getting songs like Jeremy and Daughter out of the way, it leads you to anticipation of what a a second encore is going to be, which is normally, as we call, bread and butter. But sometimes they do throw in some special little treat. Um, We end the encore with Why Go. 
And I think it feels a little unpredictable here because you have Betterman and Porch that are off the table. Uh, and you can even say that um, Black and Evolution are off the table. Black doesn't usually end an encore set, but it's still, you know, the same kind of deal. Um, so really, what do you have left that could go here? Rearview Mirror and... Um, and they went with why go, which I I don't think happens as often. I think sometimes you get once in this spot. Once, yep. Um, um, so, but how but how do you feel about it? I like it. I like it. I think it's a good choice for the spot. And I we totally consistently said that why go probably the top three most versatile songs are why go do the evolution and once right. But I think last week was where I started to change my mind on that, and now it was why go that. It was like very, 12th was, in the set, right? It was becoming very placement specific to me. Mm. I I I thought this was great here. It was quick. It was fast. It was to the point. Transition between the two songs Transition, was phenomenal. The, the energy was finally there for it. Was it the best? No, it wasn't the best, but it was a great ender, I thought. So this might be a new favorite spot for me for it. We're probably never going to see it there ever again. I think that's... I think this um, is kind of a special spot for it, but I I think they'll go back to it from time to time. It won't be. I think it's more on the rare side. It's possible, but I like it here. I think I've gone back to not being so confused about why go anymore within one week. So that's cool. You know, it doesn't have to your your last song of a set doesn't have to be this like epic, epic performance. It can just be. It could just be good. It could just be really good. And why go? Why go is never be a good. Quick rock song. That's right. Fine. Why? Why I'm go totally isn't like Rearview Mirror, where it has this this long build at the end. It has the right. solo and everything well, like that's that. Good. that. That shows just, the two comparisons right there, and yeah. why each one works. This is a perfect example. Right. And honestly, Rearview Mirror could have probably been fine here too. But you know, yeah. that's I think one of the the things that will stand out to me. Uh, when looking at the show and in future uh, in the archives of live on four legs podcast right. uh, is that why go was a closer here and who knows when we're going to do it again. So, uh, so that ends the first encore. We're getting into a couple songs left here. Uh, crowd is loving this. They are going Pearl jam, clap, 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 Pearl jam, clap, clap, clap. And that's all coming during the break. Uh, I wish there were a lot more Olay chants though. Um, there was one that kind of started and uh, it kind of got broken up by Eddie. So the band deliberates for a second. I think I know why. And we'll get to it for in, into a set in a, eh, we'll get to it in a sec, but um, more on the Olay chants because the Olay chants kind of uh, go into the next song, which is not one we've covered before, but one we're about to talk about. Here it is. don't severely hate any Pearl Jam songs. <laughs> there are skippable songs. 
There are songs I, I don't, that are kind of mad at me, but this song is downright the shits. Dude, this, and this sounds bad. This is Awful. really bad. Terrible. Eddie I, sounds horrible. The band is bored. It's, how do you, you're doing this in Mexico City. How are you so bored? It sounds so boring. It's so boring. It's sloppy. It's super sloppy. It's all over the place. It sounds song, like shit. The song construction is sloppy. That's why they didn't put it on Backspacer because it just, God. The, the song doesn't make any sense. Why? What you say? What you say? What you say? Say ole. What does it even mean? It's a kitschy shtick song and it's stupid. Right. And this sounded like total shit. And that's all I have to say about it. You know what? I, you know what? I don't know this for a fact. I don't even know this for a fiction, but the, so this was a backspacer B side and why, why? Well, here backspacer only had 11 songs. I wonder if Brendan O'Brien was like, Hey, we need another song for this. It's a little short. So they came up with this and Brendan O'Brien's like, all right, 11's good. <laughs> we don't need a 12th song. Oh no. I'm, I'm sorry. When, when I said, yeah, okay, no, that leads into why I was saying why. I was saying why, like, what is, why does the song exist, not why was it left off. Right. I know why it was left off. I'm wondering why it was written to begin with. You, you know what's weird, though? It would have been the worst song on the album by a mile, but it at least has the same poppy pacing as the album has. Yeah, but it's just not, it's not a... No, it's not good. It's not good, though. It's not good. It's not good, and and I, you know, although I'm not a fan of every song on Backspacer, and I go through phases where I like some and I don't, um, this at least would have made sense. It wouldn't have worked. It would have made sense. You would have been like, okay, I get why this is on the album, but this is, if it was on Backspacer, it would have automatically been everybody's least favorite album. <laughs> yeah, I right? agree with that. I, I, so, I, think, I think it would, I don't, I don't, Randy, I d I'm at a loss for words. I really don't even know what to... Well, just say Olay. Just say Olay. What, what you say? What you say? Just say Olay. I, I will not. We don't have to talk about it anymore. It's fine. <laughs> we need to it's move fine. on. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like reverse bizarro of the earth where I'm not looking forward to covering it again. What, Olay? Yeah. Oh, let's hope we don't have to. We'll see. We'll stay away from shows from 2011, 2012. Stranger things have happened. Mm -hmm. uh, including Last Kiss being next. That's not that strange. <laughs> it's not strange. It's just not preferred. But it's not surprising. So it was, it was a last minute addition, though. So it was actually substituted. What was originally supposed to be here was Smile. It was on the set list, but not played. And not played. I think we heard some um, disappointment from from some write-ins from that, didn't we? We did, yeah. Uh, apparently, Last Kiss is you know just like it is in America. It's way overplayed in in uh, in Mexico and all over the place. And there were lots of different types of covers apparently that were done in Spanish that people just didn't want anything to do with. But the, so, the funny thing is how you say that the only people overplaying this fucking song are Pearl Jam. In Mexico, especially, because they do. Yeah. What happens in 2015? They do the same thing again. 
Smile was supposed to be in this spot in the set. And I don't know if it was axed by Last Kiss, but Last Last Kiss was played in 2015. Same arena, same venue, and Smile wasn't played. So, like, they, they deserve to smile. They Absolutely. Everyone does. And, uh, Randy, I think at this moment, if we could just pause and stop and thank our wonderful listeners for sharing that with us. That of course. Little, that little piece of information, which... Uh, is very interesting and is total bullshit at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a wrestling or very uh, for, for people that love wrestling. They'll get this reference. Uh, Mexico lost their smile. Do you get that reference? I don't, but it makes perfect sense. I don't even feel like I have to understand the reference because now I know this story and it it still makes sense. So if there's a double meeting, I would love to know what it is. It was Shawn, Shawn, real quick. Shawn Michaels relinquished the the world title at one point because he said he lost his smile. That oh. was and yeah, it was it was just one of the most baffling things on the planet. Right. It was like a week before WrestleMania too. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And next week on the Wild Wide World of Wrestling podcast, uh, live uh, live in four singlets, l- live on live on four turnbuckles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> anyway <laughs> so that's it that's all i got on last last kiss uh, uh i think we went way too far into last kiss even though we had a story right and some some interesting information which i will say again bullshit um yeah you guys you guys deserve to smile and uh i'm sorry well maybe i'll sing a little bit of it later as i usually do in every episode little ditty uh next one we're going to get into is funny and ironic because we covered verses pretty much the last two weeks and we didn't hear the song once so of course we're going to hear it in a 2011 show in mexico city let's drop it get out of my fucking face matt (laughs) let's drop it If we're if we're doing some uh, livefootsteps.org uh, stats here, I, th- I think we've covered all of our bases with verses. This is our last that we needed on on the album. Wow. Okay. So we got an album done in season one. I think that's I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And you know what? Uh, for ten, the only one that we're we haven't covered oceans yet. So is it possible we get through two albums in one season? That's up to you guys. That's up to you guys, the fans. I, you know, there's going to be one show that the fans are going to determine before we end the first season in 2018 and head on to 2019. Um, There'll be one show where you do get to decide for sure whether Oceans will be a part of it, because it could be. We'll get to that a little later. Um, But anything, uh, it might... My big thing I want to talk about, since this is this is the first time we're doing Leash, why do the fans get so up in arms about them not playing this or like just saying, play Leash, you pussies? 
you know, I, I honestly, and I don't want to knock anyone for really loving the song. It's your favorite song and you want to hear it. That's fine. That's great. I never hear Big Wave. You never hear Brain of Jay. Um, I, I think they did go through times where they, they, they kept this out, though. Like, like, well, I, and I do like Leash, but you see someone campaigning for Leash at every single show. Yes. That I don't really get. I do like that we're covering it because we finished out verses and we haven't covered it before. Um, this performance was fine, but there's no wow factor here for me on this song for this show. Uh, I've never really understood the, the hype over Leash. I'm sorry I might get blo- some blowback for that. That's just me. That's really all I have to say about I think, it, to be honest. I think it was because it was just, you know, absence makes the heart grow stronger. I think there there were times, late 90s and early 2000s, where they weren't playing it at all. And people were like, what happened to Leash? Where's Leash? And obviously, at a show that, that we did in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, they didn't play Leash. So it's not... It's not common. Um, and, you know, it, it just fits in that Dirty Frank category, too. It, it, both of them just... Yeah, yeah. But I think we could both agree that Leash has a real serious following. Yes, it does. Well, it's very, it's very much that, uh, that you know, 90s rebellion, uh, you know, we're going to fight together. We're going we're gonna to take on the man, you know? It could be a, a, a collector thing, too. Sure. There's probably many reasons for why many people really want to hear leash right into us tell us why you bring out the science yeah. tell us why you want to see leash so bad i like it it's fine i'm not going to lose my mind if i see it live and i'm not going to bring play leash pussy sign because it's it's not on the top of my list so i want to know why i want to know why uh, it is i i loved it i was really excited the first time i heard it i think i became less and less excited every other time right. and the last time we heard it was the MSG show uh, in 2016, and this version was not good because they turned the they kept turning the lights on and off during it. Remember? Yes. The house lights that was very strange. Um, yeah this this one was better. Yeah, um, Ed's voice again is kind of is kind of dying this late, but a little bit. You know, he gets to go home and rest after this. So here's kind of. It's like bread and butter with a little, but you're using like Olivo or something else. This is like bread, butter, and a nice, nice big helping of uh, cheese on there <laughs> for a nice crispy grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, this is fantastic. I had one of those for lunch yesterday. Ooh, I might have a grilled cheese before I head out to Queens yeah, today. That's an idea. Um, Alive is next, and that's. The kickoff of that, that's like putting the first piece of bread and it's nice and long and jammy and it sounds good. Mm -hmm. You got your bread out now. Now, what are you going to do with the bread? Uh, Your other piece of bread. uh, Rocking in the free world is next. And we're actually going to play. We're going to play this because it's uh, it's got some story to it. And it's probably the most memorable scene from this night. So uh, with with X on hand to help them out, uh, here's a little meal for you.
is so memorable about this version is that the crowd is just going nuts. They are throwing beer bottles, beer cans up in the air, and everything is just and it won't stop either. No, it's it, the whole it's, song. Yeah, we unfortunately we can't show you that, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll post, post it, it on we'll, Facebook. We'll post it, yeah. So if you hear this and you want to go check out some really amazing crowd reactions to Rockin', then check our Facebook page because we're going to have that up for you. That is what it's like to be at a rock and roll show right and there. This is what we're talking about. This is a great crowd all the way through. It's it's kind of a bland night, but the crowd is the crowd is fantastic. And you know what? And and people in the crowd, since if if they if they don't leave Mexico or can't leave Mexico for whatever reason to come to the States and, and go and see them. This is a big moment for them. This is Absolutely. important yeah. for them to see the show. And, and to them, you know, maybe they're not quite as criticizing it as we are. Cause they aren't thinking about that in those terms. They aren't thinking about set construction and, and versions where Eddie is not singing it. They're thinking this is my hometown and man, it just feels so good just to see that. Right. So you just gotta, and I think that all culminates with this moment here, how just happy and excited everybody is. So that, you know, it's just good for them. Good for anybody else that, you know, barely gets to see them. Absolutely. Totally. I agree. You know, just, just awesome all the way around. Um, and he thanks everybody and does his little bit where he thinks he says, Thanks everyone to the left, to the side, to the middle, to the right, to the left, to the side, to the middle, to the right. And he like kind of turns into a song. All right. So you got your two pieces of bread. I'll even give you a rye bread for this since rocking was a little bit different. And now you can put on a little butter on the outside of it because you got indifference. You get indifference here. So now now you're, you're building a sandwich here because you think it's over. So you got your bread and butter. And the indifference is a nice little switch up. Right. And you're thinking, okay, this is it. This is cool. This is the end of the show. But you go back into the fridge and you're like, oh, shit. I got some craft singles here. I got some craft singles. They're thick. They're deli cut. Yeah. Hardy. It's hardy. I'll make me a grilled cheese. And then what do they, what do they smack you with when you smack that piece of cheese down on that buttered bread? Well, what color is, is cheese? Cheese is yellow. It shall be. Yellow lead better. So you got your bread, your butter, and then you have a second set closer, basically. So cool. Fry it up there with a little something extra, and you got yourself a delicious grilled cheese. We're being a little ridiculous here, of course, but and, <laughs> and you know, you know, <laughs> this is not a cooking podcast, I'm, Randy. I am legitimately starving right now. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big yellow lead better guy, but if I got a live rockin' indifference and Led better all in one show. That's memorable, man. That is that is of course. And uh we go to the, some advanced stats on here, thanks to uh our good friends at Live on yeah, Live Footsteps. We're not our own friends. <laughs> Livefootsteps.org. These songs being played on the same show only happen twenty seven times, and to be played back to back in this format, seven. And I think four or five of them came during this tour. So this was a pretty exclusive thing during this tour. Yeah, and you know what, Randy? I am shocked that it's that many. Yeah, I am too. But I think what happened earlier in their history was that uh, they would play Indifference a little earlier or Ledbetter a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would get to it. And then I saw that they did it in 2016. I'm like, oh, man, 
they they did two they closed they closed it out with two and I'm like oh wait no that was Greenville where they did ver- the whole versus set right so uh you know um just to hear both of them it's cool man cool. it's cool cool you're not going to get that again and uh not only that but you tag they're not going to do uh a star spangled banner tag in, in Mexico City uh especially not nowadays cuz i think that they would storm the stage, uh, but uh, you're getting Little Wing here, and why not listen to a little bit of Little Jimmy? I, I love when they do it, so why not listen to it? Little Little Wing. Little Wing. <laughs> that's the first time we actually covered that as a tag. I think so too. On the end of it. And I just, I love it because it's so simple. It, 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 it doesn't go that deep into the song. They don't sing it at all. It's just Mike, just, just being him. And I, it's, it's a standout moment for him. Definitely. On one, it's not a big Mike show. I think it's more, if anybody really had a standout show, the show, it would, it's probably stone. Yeah, uh, I was going to say too, I think, uh, I was going to give it to Eddie on this one only because I feel like he's connecting with the crowd. Right. Uh, yeah. I. But even that's debatable. So I, I almost, I don't know. I don't know who this show belongs to, to be honest. I don't think I could pick. The fans. It's the fans. It's a fan yeah, show. It's a fan show. Yeah. Speaking of fans, why don't these two fans rank this show? Okay. Rate the show. Rank, rate, rabble, rabble. What do you got? Um. All right. So. Overall, there's no wow, and there's nothing over the top. You got two cool enders. Uh, that, that's a cool moment, but it's at the end of the show. So it cruises through. The whole show cruises through almost seamlessly and smooth. But is that always a good thing? Because in this case, it's too straightforward. At a lot of points, it's like they're going through the motions. They're not really doing mix-ups. They're not mixing things up. They're not hitting you with rares. They're not. There's up and downs because of how they formed the set. Parts like Mike solos, porch, even flow, off he goes, things like that. The solos are just okay. There's nothing amazing there. So my big thing is if I was there, I think this would have been a tremendous show because I really love the songs. I love all the songs. I think the set list is really great. I just think it suffered a little bit from placement. But listening back, it's a little bland and a little boring. And listening back to it doesn't do it any justice. I think this is a you-had-to-be-there type show. So I'm going to give it a 6 just because... I, I Listen, I really want to give it a 7 because I think every song on it is great. I love generous. I love the songs, and I think it would be a 7 or an 8 if I was there, but I wasn't. And listening back is not really getting me excited for it because a lot of the things that we talked about. So it's getting a generous 6 from me. Because I, 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 I don't want to talk bad about it because it really is a good show. It is a good set. It just has some faults. And it's special to other people. Like, we have to mention this every time that we kind of give it a poor reigning that, you know, it doesn't mean 
as much to us as it does to other people. And like other people are going to have this as a 10 and that's totally cool. That's fine. And we're not putting that, we're not putting anybody down for that. We're actually, that's what we, we love out of all this, that, that we can get some requests from shows that people love way more than, than we're going to love. So like that's, there's no point in ranking these every show high because the whole point of this is to do the history of Pearl Jam live shows. Yes. And, we're going through the history and the whole point is to listen back on these shows and to compare them to the other shows. And there are going to be some that just aren't as good. This show could have been maybe one of my favorites because I love the set so much, but it had energy problems. It had set placement problems. Um, little, little small things like that, that knocked it down a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, my big thing was set construction and set construction was, um, uh, I would say below average for me. Um, I wouldn't say terrible, but I wouldn't say it's not. It's probably my least favorite set construction that we've done so far, maybe outside of uh, the first Fenway Night. But even even so, I love the encore of the first Fenway Night, so that's fine. Uh, but I just, I wasn't feeling it. I, I just didn't feel an edge from it. I didn't feel energy. I didn't feel... Uh, excitement. The, excitement. I, I wasn't excited. Special. Yeah. It it wasn't special to me. It was just listening to another show and 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 yes, it's hindsight and and yes, I'm not. I I don't feel the vibe from the crowd and the crowd is really what's getting a lot of the points here. Um, what Ole loses it like a point or two, the crowd wins it a point or two, so that's a wash. Uh, but the set construction just it probably. If it's constructed a little different, it probably gets like a 6.5, a 7, but it's getting a 5 for me. I think this is the first time I, I've ranked something lower than you. That That's fair, because I think we could both agree, uh, after our explanations, is that this really could have been a really, really, really good show. I mean, it's every, everything is there for a great show, but it suffers from certain things. Right. And, you know, granted... I don't think any show in the history of their performance is perfect. I don't think any show is perfect by, by standards, but there's stuff that really raises the bar. And this just kind of, this is just in the middle somewhere. And that, that's, I, I can't, I can't give it lower than a five. Cause I think that I'll give it lower than a five when I don't see the fans uh, showing them what they got. That that's when, that's when my low rankings come in. But since the fans, come on, they're throwing beer beer cans all over the place. They're really into this. This is, they don't know what time, when they're going to come back. They had no idea that they were going to come back in four years. That was the next time they, they came back. They haven't been back since. Yep. So that's, you know, I, a five is, is pretty fair for me. Yeah, I agree. Why don't we get into a little story here? Yeah, let's hear it. We have two stories this week. Uh, most Most of what... There wasn't a lot of response to this one. People got back to us. It was it was very small tidbits like, "Hey, you know, I I, I really like this. It's one of my favorites," and it wasn't didn't really go further. So I, I wanted to make sure that I got two legit stories. Oh, and actually, here's the story about uh, that we were talking about earlier with the Luchador mask. So that's good that I have this. Uh, this is from Lord Tehan on Reddit, um, and he was very excited that. We were using a story, and he even offered to record himself for it. But um, unfortunately, that was about 
10 minutes before we decided to, to record. So, yeah, just a heads up. We usually record episodes earlier in the week, so we have time to get it out. Um, you know, just Randy and I have a lot of stuff going on during the week, so we want to make sure it's good. So we do it early. So anyway, back back to the story. To my lord. I was pretty much in front and center, like 20 meters away from the stage. That's how you know he's not American. Um, It was totally awesome. They played with passion and the people responded to it. I remember they finished the set list and Eddie ran across the stage, arranging with the guys for them to play some more. He did this like twice or three times, so triple encore. I I guess you can say it was like an extra little bit of encore with, uh, with Ledbetter at the end after indifference. I, I can see that. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, sometimes venues have curfews, so every extra song counts sure. sometimes. So, yeah. He just did not want the concert to end. I remember at the very beginning of the opening band said, for the next song, we want to invite on stage, this is X, uh, we want to invite on stage our good friend, and this guy comes on stage wearing an El Santo mask, which probably uh, is a Mexican wrestler that I'm not familiar with, which... I'm okay with my Mexican wrestling, but <laughs> yeah, uh, El Santo. That's I thought it was El Vito, but that was kind of close. And, and it's Eddie, so he takes the mask off, and I can almost get whiplash from the reaction of the crowd rushing to the stage. I think my favorite moment was at the end. Everybody was drinking beer. It was served up in these large cardboard glasses. People started stepping on them to flatten them and then flipping them up high into the air, catching another and then tossing it back into celebration. The whole place, about 70,000 people did this. I seem to recall Eddie shedding a tear or two at the sight of this. And then he says, I can take a picture of my ticket if later if you wish. I framed it with my poster. So if you want to share that, feel free. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We love that stuff. Uh, this is from Luis, who's uh, pretty into it on our uh, our Facebook page, uh, talking about the, he was the one that mentioned Smile, and he was the one that uh, uh, shared the Rockin' in the Free World video. So uh, I got this from him not too long ago today. This was my 20th show. How convenient as I saw them play at Alpine Valley for the 20th anniversary shows. This is the third time they visited Mexico City, so for a 21-year career, it's not like we have them regularly here. So I think he's about to say 2003 and 2005, they played in Mexico City, but not at Farasol. So, gotcha. All, as always, I want to hear the songs that I haven't heard live, and this time I only got one, Brand of J. Screw you, I'm going home. <laughs> also, it's good to hear some old tunes. They opened with release the second time they played it here in seven shows and closed with Little Wing. They didn't play any songs from Binaural or Riot Act, which we had mentioned before. So, as being a home show, it creates a different atmosphere for you. You create yourself a high expectation of the show. Also, being surrounded by lots of friends makes the show really special. This was the first time I went home without my wife. Oh, that's this is the time I went to a home show without my wife. Oh, okay. That was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, that, this, this took a turn. Yeah, my bad. Um, she was sick, and it's difficult for her to be at GA shows, so I invited a cousin that always wonders why I love Pearl Jam. He likes some tunes, most the most known ones, but that's it. We got there separately, but found each other right away before the show started. He went nuts. He loved the show, had a very good time. I also love the show. Everyone is special, being the set list, the friends, the city. I enjoyed them a lot and never got tired. 
They played at Forosol, a big open stadium that holds about 70,000. The first time they played at it, previous shows were at Palacio de los Deportes. I'm going to guess that means the place of sports. Yeah. Uh, so being a big stadium, they only played one show compared to the previous two visits, uh, like I said, in 2003 and 2005. So... I was wanting more and hating that they were going to play a big venue, but only one show. Perfect. Yeah. Those are our stories for the week. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad we were able to get some in from Mexico City. Yeah. That's really cool. Lord Tejan and Luis. And these, you know, this is a, a different, you know, they're in a different uh, part of the world than we are. So it's a different kind of experience. And we'll, we'll get that next week too. So, uh, yeah. Since we're at the end here, time for another public service announcement. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are as always we we want your stories we want to know what shows that you want to hear whether you've been to them or not even stuff that bootlegs that you like because that's what it's turning into us for turning into for us at some point it's going to be just all the bootlegs that we're really into um yeah and you know that this is how we learn we learn what to do now from requests and we actually just uh got an email from somebody that that said hey i'd like to request a show uh that would be really good for you guys and i said well it's actually coming in two weeks we had already planned for it so that's perfect so you guys are getting to know us it seems i i that makes me happy that makes me happy that people are starting to come up with ideas and uh it makes it easier for us a little bit yeah we're gonna have another <laughs> uh patron on in I believe early January, we're going to plan to have Bradley Piasecki on. Cool. And he said that he has one up his sleeve for a time period that we haven't covered yet. So I'm going to guess it's probably Riot Act or maybe Binaural. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm very, yeah, me too. Yeah, um, uh, you know what? It's it's Bradley, so I'm sure it's going to be very interesting. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a great show. Yeah, and he he wants to come on the show too, so that's automatic. In. even better yep um speaking of patron i don't think we mentioned before we have a new patron this week shout out to patrick bogle or bagel yep shout out to patrick thank you thank you so much and he's another one that's uh, been pretty vocal with us just uh you know sharing his opinions and just telling us to keep up the good work and um he's he's another he's uh he's one of the spt fans that that came over to us and uh you know they, they shout us out whenever they can. We try to do it whenever we can. Great guys. Great podcasts. They have great fans. We have great fans. Let's all be great together. Exactly. Oh, we... Green. Remember uh, the 
the uh, pick a fan. Yes. So how did Green Bay turn out? Green Bay turned out great. His name is Mike. Um, hey, Mike. Really digging the show. And he found out, again, he, he got to us from a uh, uh, single podcast theory. So awesome. Yeah. Glad you're listening. And again, didn't need to be more than that. Just wanted to hear from you. Just say hi. Uh, what At this point, we have not heard from Watertown, South Dakota yet. Still waiting. Okay. Well, it seems to uh, come in like, like a week after. So do you want to give him another week, him or her another week? Yeah. Give you as much, as much time as you need. We'll pick one more. It seems to, if we go a week in advance, that seems to work. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to figure out who our next person is. All right. You ready? Who's it going to be? All right. We are out of the United States of America. Ratzeburg, Germany. I hope I'm saying that right. Ratz, R-A-T-Z-E-Berg, Germany. Ratzeburg, Germany. Okay, cool. Well, I really hope someone responds from there. Yeah. Uh, Overseas, man, that would be cool to... Just say hi. All you need to say is hi. All right. How about the next few weeks here? Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about all the rest of 2018? Shall we? If you want to give a, a quick rundown, maybe not show all the cards. Um, I think I'm okay showing some cards here because we okay. only have we only have two cards to show, and then one that's you know an idea, and then the other that's a an option. Okay. So next week, uh, we're going back to the '90s. We're going to go to 1995, and we're heading to Australia for. Rarified and Live. Now, this was a live uh, disc that came out in around that time. And we're going to cover it because we had talked to some of our Australian fans. And and we thought that this would be a good one because not just Australian fans, but American fans that bought this uh, at the local record store might have a, uh, a memory of it, too. So if you remember Rarified and Live, I believe this was Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Send us a note, let us know your story, whether you listen to it at the show or this became part of your listening criteria. Um, we want to know about it. So we got that. I'm really excited for the following week. And we have a guest uh, from livefootsteps.org, Dave Jantausch, I believe. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, he's going to be joining us. And we're going to talk to him about how he started up Live Footsteps and some of the cool features that he has. If you guys haven't put together an account with Live Footsteps, do it. It's it's the best. It's so addicting. And it's like half the reason why we do this podcast. So that's, you know, it, we're going to have him on and we're going to kind of pick his brain a little bit and talk about uh, some interesting tidbits that he's found out while doing this. So, um Dave from LiveFootsteps.org is going to be there. We're going to be doing Vic Theater, Chicago, 2007. And that was a special show with about 1,000 fans in attendance that were all special 10 Club fans. So if you were at that show, including uh, our fan that was listening in that wrote in this week, uh, we want to hear your story from that too. Then the following week, we got something really special going. It's a poll option episode, and you get to decide between one of five shows on the poll. 
It's all of the album shows from uh, from 2014 to 2016. We got Moline for No Code, Milwaukee, Yield, Greenville for Verses, Philly for 10, and Binaural in Toronto. I have a feeling we talked about this. I have a feeling that Moline is going to win it. I, I would, you know, Illinois after Illinois is not ideal, but they're two totally different shows, so... We're not trying to sway the vote at all, but, you know. No, no, no. That, but, you know. Hey, we did talk about doing a Canadian show earlier, though. So, that's it's out there. Um, so, that's what we're doing, and it's going to be totally up to you guys. You're going to vote on it. We'll put out a poll and I don't know, maybe like a week or two. Well, pretty pretty soon. So, be on the lookout for that. Yeah, we'll give our we'll give you and ourselves plenty of time to to get that voted voted on. Yep. And then the week after that, uh, going to be our last show for 2018, and we are going to we're going to do the picking. We're going to do the set list. We're going to go into this. It's not going to. We're going to make the set together. I'll be Eddie. You'll be Stone or Jeff, whoever you want to be. Maybe I'll be Boom. Who knows? And we're going to put together a set from scratch, and we're going to argue over it. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably gonna be pretty interesting. Hopefully. Yeah, and uh, how could it not be? <laughs> it might be better than an actual show. Well, it'll be built by two fans, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's. Well, it'll be better for us. I don't know about everybody else. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I think I th- I think it'll be interesting, and then that's it for 2018, and uh, we'll be back the first week of 2019 with uh. Actually, we can show our hand on that. The first show of 2019 is going to be uh, our first MSG show. It'll be kind of the running theme for for season two, quote unquote, MSG shows with, of course, other things sprinkled in. But it'll be a, be a theme. We'll try to keep some themes going, I think, right? I like the Epcot idea. I really want to the do Epcot. Yep, Japan we'll get to at that. some point. Um, all right. Um, so the end is here. But not for much longer, and I'll miss you always. I'll miss you all day. Thank you very much for tuning in to Live on Four Legs Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the store and get your Christmas sweater, uh, lo4lnovstore.itemorder.com. Remember, the proceeds are going to a toy drive for the Boston Children's Hospital. We're really excited about that. We're really excited to collect the funds for that and, you know, do a big... uh, live stream toy drive and you know that's that's part of uh that's part of what what we're excited about part of what we want to do so for for randy and matt we'll see you next week for australia bye Years and years I roam